Hello and welcome to the Hype Girl Podcast. I'm your host and personal hype queen, Michael. The topic selection around here has a vast range, but ultimately my goal is just to bring you the hype that I know you deserve and to help you flourish in today's crazy world. Thank you so much for being here. Let's get into today's episode. And welcome back to the Hype Girl Podcast. Uh, Things have changed around here. If you are a former listener to our show, um, it used to be the Hype Girls Podcast and I used to have a partner and she had to step out for personal reasons. So moving forward, it will just be me solo. I do plan on having guests. Um, Prior to this, it was very difficult to arrange guests because we were battling my partner's schedule, my schedule, and the guest's schedule as well. So now I'm hoping that I can have some guests on and it won't be such a battle by trying to coordinate schedules. Um, So that being said, this is my first solo podcast. I'm actually slightly nervous. I'm not sure why. Um, It just, I mean, literally it's just me sitting in a room by myself. But I don't know. The energy is just different, you know? So I'm going to try to bring the energy by myself. Uh, The topics will definitely be a little bit different. It's going to be an interesting fly. I also had a very, 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 very short turnover trying to get this podcast together. The last episode that I recorded was with my partner, Addie, and we recorded that one full day prior to me leaving for vacation. So we recorded it. I edit all of our podcasts. So I had to do all of the editing and all of the, um, you know, podcast notes, structuring, et cetera. And I had one day to do that before I left for vacation. And then that episode aired while I was on vacation. I returned from vacation this Saturday where I had to, you know, just jump straight into Halloween shenanigans mode. I had no costume. I had to whip everything up last minute and we attended uh, some Halloween parties and, you know, we did the whole Halloween thing on Saturday. So then Sunday comes around. That's my one day to kind of regroup and recoup from vacation, unpack, decompress, all of the things, relax from a night out, uh, going to bed super late. And then today is Monday. And so I'm now having to record, you know, an all new opener and figure out what I'm going to talk about. And I had to make a, a lot of adjustments via the actual podcast like theme page, if that's what I want to call it, and our Instagram page, things like that. So it's been a busy, busy day. And here we are. So like I said, I just got back from vacation. Um, Miramar Beach, Florida, best beach anywhere on the, I don't know if it's 30A or the 30A, but they just have the best sand and the best clearest, clearest water. So highly recommend that you go there. But that being said, I have pretty much traveled nonstop for the last, I don't know, three weeks or so, and my skin is living its living its best nightmare right now. Um, just breaking out everywhere. I I don't know if it's a combination of stress or traveling or just being out of my eating habits because I typically eat pretty clean. Um, I've consumed a lot of sugar over the last few weeks. Who knows? 
my skin doesn't like me right now. So, you know, we're trying to heal our relationship. I have a skin mask on currently just sitting here while I record today's topic. Even though today is Halloween, Halloween is over in my mind. Um, that ship has sailed for me. I am currently taking down all of my Halloween decor. And this weekend, I will be putting up Christmas decor. And before you attack me for Christmas decor before Thanksgiving, I just think you should know that everybody loves Thanksgiving. Nobody's, nobody's skipping it. I promise. <laughs> Sis, I promise. Nobody's skipping Thanksgiving. You know I hate the word foodie because everybody loves food. So I don't really understand where this like dynamic came from where people are like, I'm a foodie. Uh, we all are. We all, we all love food. I'm just so confused. So I'm not skipping Thanksgiving. Don't get don't get your panties in a bunch, okay? What I would like to know is what are you decorating for? I mean, maybe you just decorate for fall and then you leave up your pumpkins and your fall leaves and whatever else is considered fall decor. But I do not do that. I decorate for Halloween. I like my house to be covered in bats and skeletons and dark, creepy core. And that's the vibe. So as soon as Halloween's over, it's like, you know, the ship has sailed. Like, what am I doing? I have to take all this down now. I can't, I cannot, I cannot keep Halloween decor up when it's not Halloween. It's just, mm -mm, no. But then it's like, because 90% of my decor is creepy core, core. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't have turkeys to just dangle around my house, nor would I want that. So are we just like, are we decorating with turkeys and gobblers? I'm not, I'm not sure what the vibe is. The other thing I need to address about this is that all of my family lives out of state. So I'm, you know, it's just me and my husband here. We have no family. We have no one here. So when it comes to the holidays, we leave. We leave for a week, sometimes two weeks at a time for holidays. I can't fathom going home for Thanksgiving, coming back, you know, the first week of December, putting up all of my Christmas decorations the first week of December, and then leaving two weeks later to go home for Christmas and then coming back after the new year and taking it all down. I have a lot of Christmas decor and I really, really love to get in the Christmas spirit. So I can't fathom the idea of just leaving that decor up for two weeks. But then as soon as Christmas is over, like I'm, nope, we gotta go. It's gotta go, clean it up. So before you come for me, those are my reasons. I don't have turkeys or gobblers to hang up. I don't have like pumpkin pie pillows that I can put out on my couch. It's Halloween. We hit the ground running with like black, creepy, dark, like moss and dirt and blood and guts and bones straight to all the colors of the rainbow, preferably in pastel and covered in glitter and a ton of white. So it, we just flipped the switch. Okay. And that's kind of like my personality sometimes it's fine, but it is now Christmas and I have signed off on that. So we're all good. We, everyone can decorate for Christmas now. Happy Halloween. It is now over. Moving on. I'm not entirely sure how I'm going to structure this podcast going forward. I did tell you I had a very short turnover time, so I don't really have an outline for what I'm doing next. If you don't like favorites, I'll get rid of favorites because honestly, it's hard for me to think of a favorite sometimes. I have a lot of gratitudes, so I'm thinking I might start adding gratitudes into my episodes just to, you know, inspire y'all to have some more gratitudes in your life. I usually write down my 10 gratitudes in the morning, so maybe I'll just snatch up some of those, read you some gratitudes of the week. Yeah, we could always include favorites if you want to do that too. But because I didn't have a lot of time to, I didn't a lot of, I didn't have a lot of turnover. All right. So this time, I'm gonna tell you my favorite of the week is the Dime perfume. I love most of their scents. My favorites are summertime. I love Seven Summers. It's a beautiful summer scent. But I did have to, you know, swap it over to a winter scent. My, 
I wouldn't even call it a winter scent though, because it's just, to me, the only word that works for this is luxe. It's a luxury scent. And I know I'm going to hack job butcher the name, but it's the Dime Perfume Dan Le Bois. I believe it's French. So I'm going to say Dan Le Bois. I'll link it for you. I don't really know how to describe what it smells like. They have descriptions, but like, who knows? You know, that is so bizarre to me when I'm reading the descriptions of how something smells. I could never, I could never read a description of how something smells on a perfume bottle and then actually know what it's going to smell like. Never. It's never going to happen. Unless you're just like, it smells like coconut. Then I can probably picture it. But when you're like a musky fragrance of bergamot and like all these random scents with a floral woodsy decor. I'm sorry, what? We have no idea what you're talking about. So you could read that by all means, but the only word that comes to mind for me is luxe. Um, it is my new favorite perfume. They do have perfume sample boxes. Highly recommend just getting one of those. They send you like all the scents. I think you can get all of them. That's what I did originally, and then I just picked my favorites. All right. Oh, the other thing to note, now that this is a like a new girl thing, I don't really know what that means but the episodes will likely be a lot shorter now because there's going to be a lot less banter essentially if it's a solo episode you could probably expect it to be a lot shorter because you know there's only one of me now so that being said today's episode (laughs) today's episode has been touched on many a times on this podcast there have been so many times in passing where we have made some sort of comment and then I will then comment on the comment and say, yeah, but that's a poor money mindset and that's another topic for another time. That time has come. Today I'm going to talk about poor money mindsets and just like money mindsets in general because I feel like people don't really understand what it is when I talk about that or when I say that. Maybe you do and maybe you can breeze through this or maybe this will resonate with you. So let's get right into it. Money mindsets in general. Your money mindset is made up of all the beliefs and feelings that you have around and about money in general. Typically, people either have a scarcity mindset or an abundance mindset, although you could, you know, you could fall somewhere in between. There are times where I feel like I fall in between. And that's because I feel like I was raised more on a scarcity mindset and I have grown, done a ton of self-development, read a bunch of books, kind of grown into the abundance money mindset. All right. So specifically a poor money mindset is a mindset where you're conditioned to think in terms of lack and scarcity versus abundance and prosperity. Usually if you have a scarcity mindset, you you kind of believe that there's just not enough money. You know, you're constantly telling yourself that money is tight. You'll never have enough money. You can't do X, Y, Z because you can't afford it. And this could be anything from I can't go on a trip because I can't afford it. I can't go out for dinner because I can't afford it. I can't go out for drinks because I can't afford it. And while this is intelligent, I promise you that's intelligent. If you really can't afford it, then you really shouldn't do those things. But this car or that sweatshirt is way too much and I can never afford that. That's the type of thought we're going with here. And while this is intelligent, okay, let me just start by saying if you do not have the money in your bank account, you should not spend it. That is true. However, the scarcity mindset affects people who do have the money in their bank account, but they have a scarcity mindset thinking when that money goes out, new money will not be coming in because money's finite in these people's minds, okay? I'll get to that later. But they 
so let's say you have a hundred dollars and you know you want to go out with your friends and they're going to get two cocktails you know or you're going to the winery you're going to have two glasses of wine you have the money but your mind says you don't have the money because once you spend the hundred dollars it is now gone forever you can never get that money back so think about the phrase like money doesn't grow on trees most of us have heard this and probably from somebody in our lives that is older than us you know we have parents grandparents teachers uh, neighbors whoever it is somebody in your life has probably said money doesn't grow on trees or some variation of that statement and if you stop to think about what that really means money doesn't grow on trees if you've stopped to think about what that means these people whoever is saying this they're repeated repeatedly telling you as a child okay so this is when your brain is fully undeveloped you're developing your brain and this is what's being told to you these people when they say money doesn't grow on trees they're repeatedly telling you that money is finite and there's never going to be enough of it it doesn't grow on trees so it's not coming back once you take the uh money off the tree it's done it's never coming back but like you know think about an apple tree if you uh pluck the apple off that apple is gone but the tree will produce more apples later so like the logic just isn't here okay we're constantly telling ourselves that money is finite and that that it's never going to be enough or the more money somebody has the less there is for the rest of us you've probably heard you know money is the root of all evil maybe your parents drilled that into your head as a kid your neighbor whoever your grandparents and because of this if you think about growing up with that concept in your brain you're a child okay being told that money is the root of all evil. Imagine growing up and trying to make money. You're gonna have this crazy mental block about earning a lot of money because somewhere deep ingrained in your brain, you think money is the root of all evil. Money is not the root of all evil. <laughs> okay, people are. Money is an inanimate object. It cannot generate evil contributions in the world without people doing the work, okay? Example, a pen. A pen doesn't write on paper. The person utilizing the pen, the person who picks up the pen is the person writing on paper. So it's the same thing with money. So my favorite thing to say is that money is not evil, people are. And therefore, we need more good people in the world with money. Okay, so imagine all of the richest people in the world are also the kindest, most generous humans on the planet. Imagine all the good that could be done if tons and tons and tons of really, really, really good people have loads and loads of money. If everyone that's really, really good and really kind-hearted has loads of money, the, the world could be such a great place. Money in the right hands can absolutely change the world the same way that money in the wrong hands can. Everybody's just looking at the, the money in the wrong hands and thinking it's bad, but it's just a perspective shift. You have to start thinking about the good things about money. And I know money is such a taboo subject, but you can't expect to have a positive money mindset if you don't have positive feelings about money in general. And I get it. It can be so weird to go around yelling, I love money. Oh, I love money so much. I love money, money. But you don't really have to do that, you know? Don't be a weirdo. You just have to be grateful for your money. Don't be weird about it. Don't be sheltered about it. Don't be afraid to talk about money. And instead of thinking about all the bad things surrounding money, you have to start thinking about all the good things that surround money instead. So, money provides you security i am grateful for money because it provides me security money provides you with opportunities money can help you reach your goals money can help you do great things in the world and help tons and tons and tons of people 
So essentially, we're trying to switch our scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. And if you have an abundance mindset, you believe that there's plenty of money to grow around. You trust that even if you take the money off the money tree, even if you spend the money that you have now, more will come. More will come back. Money is renewable. Everything will be okay. I'm constantly saying money is a renewable resource because you can always work more hours. You can always go get a second job. You can always go grab some sort of side hustle where you shovel snow out of people's driveways or you mow their yard or you help them decorate for holidays or whatever the case is. You can always find a side hustle to bring in more money. You could always sell off things that you own. Money is a renewable resource. There are always more ways to generate money. I mean, sometimes it sucks and sometimes you have to put in more work, but money is renewable. That's what I'm trying to get at here. So let me just have like a little example session here of what maybe a poor money money poor money mindset looks like. Um, okay, so we have Joe. Joe has his job, okay, his nine to five. Joe's job brings him zero joy. It brings him a ton of stress physically, mentally, whatever. He wakes up dreading his job. But the catch is Joe has a great job. He makes a lot of money. And Joe has benefits. Joe has security. Joe has all of the things that everybody who's looking for, you know, a nine to five corporate job where they can climb the ladder, Joe has it all in their eyes. But like I said, remember, Joe is miserable. Joe hates his life because Joe hates his job. So somebody who comes along with a poor money mindset and they just say, Joe, you have a great job. You should never leave your job. But what? Like Joe is miserable. What do you mean? That's such a sad thing to say that you're telling Joe he should stay in his miserable job and work for his miserable company for the rest of his life just because he has these benefits. Other people offer these benefits. You know what I'm saying? Some people will say, sometimes you just have to be grateful for what you have, Joe. And while that's okay, Joe can find gratitude in his job and Joe can say, I'm so grateful that I have these benefits. I'm so grateful that I have this job security. I'm so grateful for the fact that I have a job. That doesn't mean that Joe should be miserable for the rest of his life working this job. Okay, I just looked it up and one third of your life is spent working. One third of your life and then one third of your life is spent sleeping. Let's say you live till 90. You're 30 years of your life is dedicated to work alone and 30 years of your life is dedicated to sleep alone. That says the average person will spend 90,000 hours at work over a lifetime. And that's the average person. We're not even talking about the people who work in 60-hour work weeks or 80-hour work weeks. That's crazy. Like I said, Joe can be totally grateful for his job and he can find all the gratitudes that he wants in his daily life in his job. But that doesn't mean that he has to settle. Joe is more than welcome to go look for a new job and to find something else that some people will say, the grass isn't always greener on the other side, Joe. This one kills me. Like, what does that even mean? Are we serious? If he goes and gets another shitty job, sure. Like, of course, if I'm telling Joe to leave McDonald's to go work at Burger King, you're probably not going to have that vast of a difference. It's going to be relatively the same thing and the grass isn't going to be greener. And he goes out and he finds a new job that he's happy working, he wakes up loving his life and loving what he does, then hello, the grass is definitely greener over there because he is happier. Like this one is just, it blows my mind because it's like, of course, if he's jumping into the same job elsewhere, then the grass might not be greener, but he's probably not jumping into the same job elsewhere. He needs to go try something new if he hates his life. Anyway, whatever. This one, 
<laughs> this one absolutely kills me and you would be shocked how many times people say this. Joe, I know you're miserable, but like that's just how it is for everybody. You just work and then you have fun on the weekends, you have fun in your free time, you have fun on vacation. This kills me. Are you serious? We, you're literally telling Joe to just, Joe, just be miserable and suck it up. Everybody's miserable. That's just how life is. That's just how it works. No. Are you, are, why are we telling people that better opportunities don't exist? Why are we telling people that they should settle and not look for something that will make them happy? <laughs> I mean, why are we telling people to work high stress jobs, joy sucking jobs for ungrateful employers out of fear? And it's 100% out of fear because the only reason that these people don't want to leave is a fear of losing their benefits, a fear of losing their job security, a fear of losing their income. And this, these are examples of a poor money mindset. All of these people have a poor money mindset. This destroys people's dreams. If you have a dream, do not listen to these people. If you have a dream where you want to go start your own business and or create a product or whatever it is, and you have people in your life telling you that that's not smart and you need job security and you need to go work the nine to five and you need to climb the corporate ladder and you need to do all of these things because, and I am not saying quit your job with no savings. Don't go blow your last paycheck and then maybe think about what you like doing in your meantime. You know, save up your money, do your research, figure out what, what does bring you joy, figure out what you're super passionate about dabble in all the side hustles. Start looking up. Maybe you can be an intern while you also work your regular job. Maybe you could just research it and talk to people who are working in a field that you're interested in. Truly be considerate about what you want to do and then make a plan. And then when you jump on that plan, you better work to make your dreams come true because that that is not going to jump in your lap. But working really, really, really hard to make your dreams a reality and working really hard to do something that you actually love, that you wake up loving your life. You don't wake up with dread every day. This is so much better than working really, really hard in misery out of fear. So for the love of all things holy, please do not just settle and work your entire life away in misery for somebody else at the expense of your health, your joy, your life out of fear of the unknown make a plan. You know, you can do this. The takeaways of today's episode are essentially to really look into your money mindset and determine, do you have a scarcity, poor money mindset, or are you living with a mindset of abundance? Poor money mindset only prevents you from living the life you desire. It is not beneficial to you at all. It's not beneficial to anyone around you. Ugh, I don't even, it's like such an anchor for people. I have so many friends who work jobs that they hate, but they truly believe that there's nothing, like they can't do anything about it. And it's just not true. You really have to work on your mindset. And I think I can come back to this topic and address, you know, how we can work on this mindset, steps to working on this mindset. But I want you to know that you can do the things that you are passionate about. You can pursue a different job. You don't have to settle where you are. Take the time to consider what would make you truly happy, what you're passionate about, and go out there and look for that type of job and look for that type of career. Because the last thing that I want for you is I never, ever, ever want you to settle in your life. You only have one life. You have to go live it. And you have to wake up loving your life every single day. I do think you should practice your gratitudes, write down 10 every single morning, and reconsider at night. Think about the gratitude, what you're most grateful for that happened that day. All of these things are great ways to give you a positive mindset in general. And then the next step is to look at your money mindset and decide, do you have a poor money mindset or are you living in abundance? Thank you for listening to this episode.